Chapter Nine of the Will and the Way Stories. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. The Will and the Way Stories by Jesse Benton Fremont. Chapter Nine, The Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan still lives. Everywhere there are men to whom the call of the helpless is more imperative than the call of self. Such a man was hurrying to his train, intent on a business appointment, when his attention was caught by the look of distress and the strange manner of another passenger in the streetcar. A fine-looking man, still young, well-dressed, and evidently trying hard for self-control. As they neared the station and others were making ready to get out, a gesture of despair came from this young man as he tried, in vain, to rise. The rest hurried past, but the good Samaritan could not desert him. "'Can I help you?' he asked. But in the struggle to answer, in the confused stammer, he saw the young man was dangerously ill. The good Samaritan had a head as clear and true as his good heart. I think the two go together. Quickly he asked, "'What is your name? Where do you live?' "'Will, Willem.' then the poor faltering tongue could articulate no more. "'Who do you know here? I will take you there.' Some stammering sounds led the quick mind to a well-known name, then faintness came on. The insensible man was put into a carriage and driven back into the city to a great business house, where at first no one recognized him. The water applied to head and breast to revive him had disordered hair and dress, and the face was painfully distorted. Then one brother exclaimed, "'Can this be Will S?' "'He was with us all the morning, perfectly well. We have known him always. He said his name was Will, but could get no farther, and he could only give the first half of your name.' These brothers were Quakers, and again this helpless sufferer had fallen among good men. Their own physician confirmed the fear that it was a stroke of paralysis. They knew that the patient was a man of upright habits, of unusual energy in business, and that he had the great inheritance of good health and good character, for their house had had regular business dealings with his grandfather and his father as well as with himself so they knew this paralysis could not be due to any wrongdoing of poor Will S. himself. They had him carried to their own townhouse and cared for as one of themselves. It was the hot summer time and the family at the seaside, but as his illness forbid any moving for many weeks, they telegraphed Will's family to come to him and stay. With true Quaker thoroughness, all keys of linen closet, storerooms, and home places were sent to them with a sweet letter of sympathy and welcome by the absent lady of the house. And the shocked wife and brother came into a welcoming home, where every friendly care was all ready to save this life, if possible. Stop here to think of the difference made by one man's goodness. He could well have gone forward to his business appointment, first saying a word to the policeman always on duty, and so turned over to public care the sick man. 
In time, an ambulance would have taken the sick man to a hospital, where he would have had excellent care. But before that time, the tongue would have been completely paralyzed, and there would have been no clue to Mr. S.'s identity. His family also were in the country for the summer, and being alone, no one knew he was going for the morning to the neighboring city. He had chanced to dress that day in a new suit of thin clothes, and left at home all usual papers, pocket-book, etc. A watch, purse, and pocket-handkerchief were all they found on his person. But for the goodness of the other traveler, Mr. S. would have had the fate of unknown persons. Men who go out in customary careless confidence from a home and are never heard of again, or, if traced, will be found to have been put away among the unknown dead. Do as you would be done by is a law to some natures, and this good Samaritan could not turn from the helpless. He made for Mr. S. the difference between being an unknown patient in a hospital of a strange city, perhaps dying there, and the kind home provided by friends where he had all the skill of first-class physicians and nurses, as well as the loving care of his own family, who remained with him many weeks until it was judged safe to remove him to his own home. But time only confirmed the earlier opinion of physicians. Overwork, want of sleep, of exercise, of change of ideas, too great absorption in his business brought on the evil, some derangement of the system which declared itself suddenly in paralysis. They said he might regain comfortable health, as he had been a sound man of good habits, but that the mind, the brain, was hurt beyond recovery. They gave no hope of much change, even after the lapse of a year. It was a pitiful sight to see this strong man, not yet forty, patiently rubbing his numbed right hand with the left, and trying with feeble sounds to pronounce simple words. The courage of affection supported his family in cheerful efforts to aid him, to guess at his meaning during the long interval when he was unaware he was using the same few words for all meanings. Vain efforts to read the newspaper made him demand a spelling book. A, B, C, he repeated again and again. The letters? Yes, begin. Someone guessed he meant he must begin all over again at the beginning, and asked him if that were so. Yes, 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 pretty soon. Here he ran a finger along the lines of print, turned a page, and seemed deep in reading, then looked up, smiling. The grown people were too sorry for him to carry this out well at first, but a young niece said tenderly, that will be fun, Uncle Will. I am going to be schoolmistress, and you must mind me. And day after day the lovely blue eyes, often shining through tears, were fixed on his, training him to shape the rigid mouth to articulate. And soon the form and sound of the letters were mastered, and easy reading began, and it was found that ideas were being connected. The household was in tears of joy the day a small thing proved this possible. "'Mary, Mary!' called one of the ladies. 
and as the maid did not appear there was another call and a wondering where she had gone gone school said will with a smile got lamb once familiar sounds dragged with them associations from out that darkened mind here was connection and application of ideas and memory one of the sweetest pictures of babyhood is the dear little sleepy halting of the baby over its evening prayer helped on by a gentle loving voice it remembers a word or two and nods off into silence with down to sleep as its summary of the whole it was pathetic to see this process bringing out words thoughts memories from the patient invalid but it was a beautiful use of the healthy young mind to bring to its own level the tired out mind new courage came to all and the reading lessons were made a game in which all took part carefully not to overtax the new strength cheered and encouraged forward in this way mr s with intervals of languor and low spirits made progress in curious bursts of advance his physician was glad and surprised but not sanguine though he knew nature had forces beyond man's best efforts to me long known and now more with them than ever he was as off guard as with the family he would drag himself forward to meet me his newspaper held between the stiffened arm and his breast while with a finger following the line he would read a bit slow low reading like a timid child followed by a burst of triumph yes sir everyone was sir pretty soon pretty soon can speak it was years before he got so far as easily connected ideas and fairly descriptive speech the most singular side ideas gestures pointing to words in print all methods he had resorted to to make clear his meaning and his family always quick-witted became acrobats in mind guessing marvelously into his meanings his last conscious effort had been to give his name he could only get so far as one syllable will and that word was now the governing power in regaining himself science had said his case was hopeless beyond a fixed limit that beyond that lay connected thought and speech but he had reached the limit and was determined to go beyond and in this renewed life will was governing he had succeeded in mastering simple reading and gradually the mind reopened to familiar subjects the morning paper was his delight and his comments became more and more clear showing connected thought and memory his former knowledge of men returned and in his own brief peculiar way he spoke of them of one a candidate for an office of trust he said no no bad man then taking some small silver from his pocket he laid it on the table rose said good-bye and walked out to return and with strange mimicry of the other man look hastily round the room then hurry to the table and gather up the money then reappear as himself and go with quiet certainty for the money he had left it was gone a moment of surprise then shaking his fist toward the door 
he made clear his whole thought and was triumphant when all cried out as in guessing charades he's a man not to be trusted yes yes bad man by patient unyielding will he had learned to write his name then fashion other strokes and a gift he had never had began to develop in this piteous return to childhood there had been provided for him pencils of colored wax and outline drawings for him to color he had never had any knowledge of drawing but had a passion for flowers and for cultivating them now color and flowers attracted him a new interest came into his life when after weary repetitions of awkward strokes he could at last shape and color simple flowers the right hand remained dead but the left was growing into a skill the right never had this flower painting made motive for his walks to florists he had been shy of attracting notice to his paralyzed dragging walk but in this new joy he would forget himself now and the shops where the christmas and easter cards blossomed out in the windows came to know well and receive kindly the pale brave face of the man so evidently deprived of all enjoyment of life he would buy a card of snowdrops or violets go on to the florists and show it and so buy the flower itself and coming home with his treasure be happy in painting it the sharp irritability of his disease was in him and his people suffered no end of anxiety when he insisted on going out alone but he was more thoughtful than they had imagined and people are good in the main he would often be kindly helped over crossings for the family at first watched him unseen the french government aiding scientific inquiry into electricity gave to mr charcot the patience of the bicetre and salpetriere for experiments in aid of nervous disorders at these places the insane the degraded drinking class especially the women of that kind in paris are confined the gentle mode of treatment as well as the subtle power of electricity was working miracles among these poor unhappy creatures our own physicians went over to paris and had a long time of study and practice with dr charcot bringing back the first of the new electric machines and fully impressed with the tried and also the untried powers of this new application of electricity except among the advanced few however it was not more kindly received than was inoculation in lady mary's day and so much is always to be left to the patient you cannot be cured of anything in spite of yourself. It takes two for that more than for almost anything. Even a perfect climate cannot cure consumptive girls who take off flannels and dance in ball dress late into the nights. Only the discipline and restraints of a prison enable Dr. Charcot's treatment to be faithfully carried out. The case of Mr. S. seemed to me a fair one to be benefited by this new treatment, and he would faithfully aid the physician. All that good sense and good firm will could do would be brought to bear in aid to science. He had then been paralyzed fourteen years, and time was sadly against him, 
for the muscles had shrunk and hardened and become almost entirely useless in the right side the leg in walking had that curved outward swing as it was dragged forward resting on the tip of the foot the heel could not reach to the ground well this brave man perfectly understood he was taking the risks of an experiment physician and patient felt their way together to fresh efforts daily great drops of moisture forced their way through the skin from head to foot as the electric current was powered over mr s or sharp shoots from it were fired into centers of long disused muscles but he was never the first to say hold enough to be brief in six weeks the muscles were relaxed so that the heel came down level with the front of the foot and the relaxed leg was no longer flung out in walking he could now walk no worse than a man with a very tight boot the right arm remained dead but the tongue was relaxed and the desire of his heart was gained for once more he could speak not as well as ever but enough no more need of pantomime and elaborate roundabout reaching for meaning his whole health was better was really calm and good and the mind calmed with the feeling that he no longer attracted attention he walked more and without fatigue the summers in the country were a new delight for botany had become a resource first for the anatomy of his flowers then for all its beautiful belongings and the practical man reasserted himself from small efforts he has risen to large and beautiful work as a painter of flowers so true to nature so delicately beautiful that they are eagerly bought and it is hard for people to believe these free natural flowers are done with the left hand with the left hand of a man for years a helpless paralytic to whom drawing was an unknown art until in the silence of his benumbed life came the increasing intention to again become a living man to be something to do some sort of work to be once more of use in some way in his former life when he managed great works and governed many men and made his many many thousands in money he was like the most of our business men too intent too hurried and too wearied to have any real rest now careful of health and happy in his beautiful work he is always at peace and more proud of the money from the sale of his flower pictures than he ever was of the large gains from his great business for he knows what his physician told him is true your own will has done more for you than even electricity end of chapter nine recording by roger Moline. End of The Will and the Way Stories by Jesse Benton Fremont